certainly have been blessed already by the songs and spirit of music here in the presence of the Holy Spirit, prayers, thank you so much. Thank the Lord for blessing us with his holy presence as we worship God. I want us to turn to his word now, and I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 2. I want to read some verses that attest the words of Jesus regarding the resurrection. I'm going to ask you to stand again. Would you please stand? This is the word of God. This is not the word of man. This is wholly inspired the word of God. We need to give all our reverence and life to God's word. It is the truth. And the truth will make you free. I'm going to read verses 18 through 22. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What signs showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Thank you. Would you please be seated? Jesus here is alluding to the resurrection. He's already turned the water into wine at the miracle of the wedding at Cana. He's just got through running some folks out of the temple that tried to make it a business place. They were selling merchandise. Now they want to know, what authority do you do this on? And he goes into the resurrection. What I want us to see this glorious Easter resurrection day is that everything about our life and faith is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The struggles that you're dealing with right now, the situations that you're dealing, the dilemma that you might feel like is just overwhelming, I want you to know that because of the resurrection, you have been blessed with the strength and the grace. You might not even realize it yet, but God is living in you and Oftentimes, just like Jesus on the cross, it looked so dismal. It looked like it was all over. But God, being the God He is, is able to do all things, brought about the greatest miracle. And even in His death, He raised Him from the grave. Jesus' death was for our sins. If He had died for His sins... He would not be raised again, okay? He had no sins. He was raised for our sins. That's really, really important for us to grasp if we're going to rejoice this Easter Sunday. We've got to know that we're all sinners, that we've all failed God. And the situation is this. The sinner, without being forgiven, goes to hell and lives there forever. And Jesus Christ took our place on the cross. And he took our sins. And he paid the penalty. The penalty is death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. We have eternal life because of the resurrection. When you repent of your sins, 
when you're quickened in the spiritual life, it's not because that you're so smart or you went to a particular church or you prayed the sinner's prayer. You have been quickened. You have been repentant because Jesus died on the cross and rose again. I'm going to tell you, the very power we have in the glory of God, we need to embrace and rejoice in Jesus. There shouldn't be any problem hanging around anybody in this room or anywhere else today that believes in God that gets so distraught and distressed that you just kind of give up and want to quit. Now the devil will hang around and try to fling that stuff on us, but I want you to know that because of the resurrection, we serve a living Savior. And yep, we're going to sin some every day. We all still do. We have an unredeemed flesh. We're not in heaven yet. But we have a resurrected Savior who ever liveth to make intercession for us so that even our daily sins are cleansed. I want you to rejoice with me today because I need that salvation just like you to embrace the resurrected Lord who loveth us and ever liveth. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He won't. But Jesus here is laying down in John 2 the foundation of a faith. And the foundation of the Christian faith is the resurrection. That's kind of the title I want to say today. And I want to use three points. Trying to embrace the foundation of our faith being the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. One is, the first point I want to try to make is just a foundation that it is. Foundation is an order of things. God has designed it. The resurrection is God's ideas, God's institution, how we get to heaven, how God brings us to holiness by Jesus dying for our sins and raising us up to be in his likeness. Now right now, of course, we're sitting on this earth. It's a sinful place. But God, by his grace, has quickened our souls, okay? And so in a measure, we have a, we have a first payment, down payment of our eternal life. And so God is in a process of conforming us and shaping us, but it's all under the assurance that we'll be heaven in heaven finally with him. Why? Because Jesus has died for our sins and rose again. So I want to see the resurrection as a foundation of our faith. I want you also, and I don't have to tell you this because I know it too, that we have to understand we've got to have faith to grasp the resurrection. There's no other way to believe in the resurrection except by faith. And God has given us that faith to believe that. And then thirdly, I want to try to see it, show us that, that the focus of the resurrection is change. That should be ever the mode of the Christian. Change. To do better. To be closer to God. To grow in grace. God forbid that we ever get stagnant. I tried to say this morning, every day is a new day. It's no way that a Christian can say the same old, same old. Hey, if your life is boring, if your work is boring, then you're not really embracing the resurrected Lord as you ought to. Because I'm going to tell you, there's nothing boring about God. Every moment we exist is a testimony of the resurrection of Jesus because God is sustaining this world. Right now as we speak, if God were not, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't exist. We need to be so thankful that we serve a powerful, resurrected God like we do, who loves us so much 
and has given us so much. Really the ultimate, all. So let's look at a couple of these things and ask God to help us. First of all, I want us to see that the resurrection is a foundation of the Christian's faith. Now I'm going to tell you, I have stood on the graveside, some of your families and mine, and I've stood there doing a funeral service. And I'm going to tell you guys, I frankly don't know what I'd say if it wasn't for the resurrection. I don't know what I'd say. I mean, the resurrection is the foundation of our lives. Now, the Christian religion is the only religion that embraces the resurrection in the proper form. Now, the Buddhist and others will say you can be reincarnated. You can just keep coming back in some other form till you get it right. The Christian gets it right through Jesus Christ. Don't ever think that you're going to live good enough that God is going to like you enough to save you. You won't ever make it. Furthermore, don't ever say when sin's bothering you that I'm going to just quit sinning. You won't do it. You don't have the strength to do it. You've got to trust Jesus. You've got to surrender to God in all your ways. There's no way you're going to be good enough. What we need to acknowledge is that we're sinners. We're nothing. We ought to be like the Apostle Paul. We're wretches. Now, if that hurts your feelings, you have to go to God because you're not embracing the resurrected Lord. So you're not going to get good enough in your works because Jesus has raised from the dead. He's given you his righteousness. You don't need it. It will just hang around you, just hang on you. It'll just weigh you down, that's all it'll do. You know, Buddha, uh, not that I'm familiar with that faith, but I've seen pictures. It looks like a statue. The guy's sitting there with his arms folded. I mean, that's a lot different than Jesus on the cross. A whole lot different. I'm told that you can go to the burial site of Mohammed. I'm told that you can go and see where he was buried. A few years ago, P and I and some others went to Israel. And one day the guide said, I'm going to take you to Jesus' grave today. And he did. And we went there, a place that they say Jesus was buried. Well, you know what I got to tell you? It was an empty place. There was nothing in there. Multiplying millions of people go there every year to see nothing. It's empty. The tomb is empty. You ever picked up a seashell down at the ocean? You ever listened to it? You can hear the sea in it, can't you? But it's empty. There's nothing in it. Walking in the tomb of Jesus, I thought of that. There was nothing there. But I could hear the voice of God almost. I could feel this holy presence. I'm going to tell you that Jesus is real. Jesus is a God that is living. And we need to rejoice in that. And the world needs more Jesus today. And we need to proclaim the resurrected Lord. It's what we need to be serious about. We need to quit pity-patting around with trying to be religious. And trying to get good enough. And trying to work on what it looks like or what it feels like. What we need to say, that Jesus rose from the dead, that he is a resurrected Savior, and that he died and rose for me. It's the foundation of our faith. In this church, it's the foundation of our faith. It's one of the articles of our faith. I'll pull this out, and our article 7 says this. We're talking about the resurrection, a foundation of our faith. It says, we believe that the bodies of all men will be resurrected from the grave. 
that the joys of the righteous will be eternal and the punishment of the wicked will be everlasting. And that's taken from John 5, verse 28 and 29, and I'll read it to you from the scriptures. Any church that has an ark of faith that is not founded in God's word is just man-made. That's all it is. It's given to make people feel good. But I'm going to tell you, if a church has to have a hot dog roast or has to have some sort of gimmick to get people to come to church or do anything else for God, then I'm going to tell you, we're not promoting the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ because when God's people in Acts 5, when, when the Pentecost, when the church was moving, you know what? They didn't have to be convinced. They didn't have to be coerced. They saw the resurrected Jesus. And they said, these things we have seen and heard. When, when Thomas saw Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, and saw his wounds, that's all he needed. When God gives you the spirit of grace to see him as a resurrected Savior, you won't fool around worrying about all your life and problems, who's president, or how, how high gas prices are. What you're going to do and what I'm going to do is like Thomas did, we're going to fall and say, my Lord and my God. We need to say that every day. We don't understand that it's not just to be presumed upon our salvation. We need to understand what it took to get us there, to give us that. It took the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I'm here to tell you, if I don't ever say anything else as a little preacher, it is so. Our Lord lives. Jesus said... You might think it's a building I'm talking about, but he says it's my body. My body is going to be raised in three days. And it was. It was. I was going to read you these verses that pertain to our arcs of faith. Marvel not at this. In verse 28 of John 5, For the hour is coming, in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. And shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. That's the resurrection of all men and women. It's going to be a resurrection. Now, actually, the, the resurrection is really close kin to regeneration. Regeneration is being born again, okay? Regeneration is being made spiritually alive while resurrection is given physical life to a body that has already been alive. But we got to have regeneration to have spiritual life. Both are because of the miracle of God. In John 5, I'm, if you're there with me, and look at verse 25. It says there, verily, very, this is the words of Jesus. I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. That verse is regeneration. The voice of the Son of God. Not the voice of the preacher. Not the voice of this, that, and the other. The voice of the Son of God. That's how you are brought into new, quickened life. You need that because we're all dead in sin. Ephesians 2 says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in sin. So as you believe in Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
You got to know that you have been regenerated by the power of God, the same power that's in the resurrection. Man, what a blessing we have from God. And then in, in verse 28, which we just read, really talked about, resurrection, is the resurrection of the bodies. Our bodies will be resurrected. And it's the foundation of our faith that we see this. In the Old Testament, it's not just a New Testament theme. In the book of Daniel, for example, uh, we can find there some a scripture in, in the second chapter, or twelfth chapter of Daniel, rather, that says this. You don't have to turn there. I'll go to the new in just a minute again. I'm talking about the, the resurrection portrayed in the Old Testament. In verse 2 of Daniel 12, the Bible says, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. What I'm going to tell you and what you need to know, is, and I'm sure you already do, the soul of man will live somewhere forever. It will. That's how it is. And, and the difference is what Jesus has done for us on the cross. That's the difference. Oh, how humble it ought to make us. How in order to make us cry out to him and thank him for his many great and holy blessings. And then in Acts 24, the New Testament talks about the resurrection uh, as well of, of all. In Acts 24, verse 15, I believe it is, the scripture says, And they, or rather, and have hope, Acts 4, 15 says, and have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. Now, in verse uh, 8 and 9 of 1 Thessalonians, I want you to listen to this verse. See, the, the reason the resurrection is a foundational truth is because that's heaven and hell. Heaven and hell wouldn't have any context if it was not for the resurrection of the just and the unjust. Now, heaven is a real place, but so is hell. Now, you wonder, why in the world would a preacher talk about hell on Easter Sunday? <laughs> I mean, I don't, want, I don't know either, maybe, but I want you to know that you and I can rejoice in knowing that the resurrection of Jesus assures us that we are going to live with him in heaven. And it doesn't, our sins have been forgiven. And we need to rejoice in that and bless that. In 1 Thessalonians, what was I saying? In verse uh, 8 and 9, I believe it's in the uh, first chapter of 1 Thessalonians, verse 8 and 9. Here's what it says. I'm sorry, 2 Thessalonians. Would you bear with me? Here it is. In verse... If, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8 says, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on him that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. See, we never really understand the treasure of Jesus to understand what we've been saved from. What a treasure, what a blessing God has given us in knowing this and blessed. Now, in Revelation, we see the great white throne judgment. No believer will be there because in that judgment, people are being judged for their works. And, and we don't have, 
And, and that's sin. Our works are sinful. The, uh, the human works, they're all sinful. Even our prayers, uh, this sermon has enough sin in it to send me to hell. Even our prayers have to be washed with the blood of Jesus. I'm telling you, we serve a holy God. We need to know the resurrection power that we all need. And we all have in Christ Jesus our Lord. The reason believers won't be in the great white, white throne judgment in Revelation 20 is we have no sins to be judged. They've already been judged by God through Christ, our sacrifice. What a blessing that is. So it's the foundation of our faith. See that with me today, the, the resurrection. Thank God for the revela, revela, resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ that we have that. Secondly, it's going to take faith, though, to see this. Faith. Grasp the truth of the resurrection. Here's something that um, is mind-boggling when it comes to faith. You remember Job, don't you? He had such a struggle not understanding why he was having to lose all he lost, why he hurt, he suffered, lost his family, his uh, possessions, his health. Uh, but... Here's what Job said in Job 19 about all that. In verse 26 of Job 19, in verse 25, let's go there first. He says, for I know that my Redeemer liveth. Now this is Job, supposedly the oldest book in the Bible. Suffering, not knowing what's going on. He said, you know what? I know that my Redeemer liveth. And what else? That he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Now Job knew this. He's coming back. And it gets better. He also says, And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Now that, my friends, is faith. He says, After my body is rotted, I am going to stand and I'm going to be resurrected and I'm going to see Jesus. Now that is the resurrection. You remember Abraham. Abraham in Genesis 22, God told him to take Isaac. Even though God had promised that Isaac is the promised son and that Abraham through Isaac would be the blessings of many nations, and his seed would be like the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky. But God says, take your son, your only son, and take him and offer him a sacrifice. In other words, God said, kill him. And Abraham got up early in the morning, and Abraham takes his son Isaac, and he leaves his servant at the bottom of the hill, and he says, we'll return. We'll return, Abraham said. And he goes there. And he gets to the point that even he raised his knife to take his son life. And God, you remember the angel was there and stayed his hand and said, wait a minute, there's a, there's a ram caught in the thicket. Take that ram instead. That, my friends, is a symbol of the Lord Jesus Christ. But my point is, understanding the faith of the resurrection, how did Abraham get to that point? Now, Abraham is the father of the faithful. But you be sure of this, that we know this. Most of us are learning this as we go. When we get to our faith, always know that the older you get, the more experience in your life of faith that you grow, 
God is going to call you to a stronger challenge of your faith. Because why? God loves faith. He's going to call us to faith. Now Abraham had failed in some of God's calls so far. Like with his wife Sarah and Abimelech, you remember? But he says now this is the ultimate test. And it comes later on in Abraham's life. You don't know what you've got to face in this life yet. But I'm going to tell you this, because of the resurrection, you can face it. You can deal with it. Abraham in Hebrews 11 refers to this incident in Genesis 22. And it says there in Hebrews 11 regarding Abraham making this. How did he do it? How in the world could he get to this point? Something that you and I couldn't ever even imagine doing. Uh, but how? How in the world could it happen? In verse 17. In verse 17 of Hebrews 11, the scripture says, by faith, that's how he did it, by faith in the resurrection, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he said that he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that Isaac, or in Isaac, shall thy seed be called accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence also he received him in a figure. You know how you give up your loved ones at least to the point of, of just not being overwhelmed with grief? I know your heart's breaking. That's how it is with us. It's a price you pay for love. But you have a, a resolve in it to press on by faith knowing the resurrection is true. Abraham knew that Isaac's genes had to be passed to the next generation because he believed God's word. Now, are we going to believe God or not? Do you believe that your sins are forgiven? Do you believe that Jesus died for you? Now, I'm going to tell you, when you do, then you have the prompting of God's Holy Spirit to press on with your life to live for him who died for you. How do you do that? By the resurrection power of faith and grasp that in your life. What a blessing but we have to grasp it and ask God to help us. That's what Mary and Martha in John 11, you remember when Lazarus died, Jesus rose to the, to, back to life. And he says in John 11 to Martha, even in her darkness, before he got to that point of the resurrecting of Lazarus, he said, if you believe me, you remember she said, Jesus, if you'd have been here, this wouldn't happen. You ever had your point in your life, you know, well, I don't know why I have to go through this. Why did this happen to me? You know what Jesus says reminds you of that. He says, if you believe in me, you shall never die. Because he says before, I am the resurrection and the life. That's what Jesus is. He is the resurrection. He is the life. So we believe in him. And we understand that God can do all things. But by faith we grasp that. And then lastly, uh, I think about the focus of the resurrection has to be change. See, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus was unique. There had been other resurrections. Uh, the widow of Nain, um, uh, Lazarus. But Jesus' resurrection, see, he's the first fruit. Lazarus was not. The widow of Nain's son was not. The Shumanite, even in the Old Testament, that, that was raised, her son was raised, uh, was not. But Jesus' was unique. Why? 
The reason his resurrection was unique is that the continuity of his body was carried over in the transformation or the change after he rose from the grave. And I said a while ago, that's what happened to Thomas. See, Thomas sees Jesus. He doubts him before, but he sees the continuity of his old body, because he knew him as his disciple, to the resurrected body. And when Jesus displays his scars, Thomas can't take it. Thomas falls down and says, my Lord and my God. See, Jesus just walks through the wall. Jesus just walks through a locked door. He gets the disciples and some women in a cave in John 20, 20. See, see his body is there. He eats. He, he, he cooks fish for, for the disciples after his resurrection. But, but, but the thing is, it's changed. So when we think of the resurrection, know that change is coming. And we're going to have a resurrected body. Uh, some of the scriptures that teach us that is in 1 Corinthians. The Corinthian church obviously was having a problem with the resurrection. And so the Apostle Paul writes this treatise on the resurrection. That's what the entire chapter of 1 Corinthians 15 is about. But in, chapter, in verse 51 of 1 Corinthians 15, the scripture says, Behold, that means look at this. I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. <laughs> we're going to be made like Jesus. That's what we're going to be. We're going to have bodies in heaven. Now, we won't have need of the human relationships that we have on earth. We just won't. I mean, God says that. I mean, it'd be like no male or female, you know. We'd be like angels in that regard. Not that we'll have any kind of wings. I don't really believe angels have any wings, by the way. But what we'll have is a body. We'll have a body, and we'll have a body that is perfect, sinless. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you what a blessing God has given us. And the mysteries of godliness are far greater than this little preacher, preacher again described. But, but I'm going to tell you, because of the resurrection, we can focus on that change. That's why the scriptures tell us in Colossians chapter 2 and other places, we're to fix our affections on things above. Uh, the problems we have and the reason we struggle so much as believers, we have too many gods. We have too many irons in the fire. You know, don't ever get above your raisin. You know, our raisin is a resurrection. That's what's going to raise us. We need to fix our affections on things above so that we can live this life understanding we're going to have to die to some earthly things. But I'm going to tell you, we're going to have a resurrected body. We're going to live in the light of God in our lives. And all these mistakes I've made and all these little symbols of trying to preach God's word I've tried to do so inadequately so many times is all going to be brought to full culmination in Christ. He's going to complete our incompleteness. Our bodies will be that way and we can see that change that God has made. And here's another place that we can see that in, in, the, in the gospel in, in 1 John in the verse 2 of chapter 3, it says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear that what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You know, when you think of the resurrection, and the Apostle Paul, 
when he was exposed to the Lord Jesus, the resurrected Jesus on the road to Damascus, he didn't argue with him. Lord, what would thou have me to do? I wonder if we really seen the vividness of, of the resurrected Lord. I think sometimes we worry about, do I know enough or am I good enough or what have I've done? But when we see the resurrected Lord, we need to ask God to show us, oh God, give me that revelation of Jesus Christ, the resurrected Lord. Because if we can have that in our hearts, I'm going to tell you, we will have a direction of our life that, that Lord will bless us in everything we do. We'll still have to struggle. God may have a lot of trials and a lot of situations to put us in for our witness of his glory, but it will be because of the resurrection. It will be because God is changing us. The things that God has changed in your life. Our life is about change on this earth. See, because our souls have been redeemed, okay? But God, Jesus, chastens Jesus judges his people right here on this earth, his kingdom. He has a kingdom right now. We trust we're a part of that kingdom. But he's the king. And so he's in charge. And so his graces are sufficient in every way. You know, I'll, uh, I'll close. I don't really want to, but I will. In, in 1 Peter, here's a resurrection that focuses on change. 1 Peter very powerful verses in the very first chapter. I'm going to just read three or four. In verse three, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have a lively hope. God has given us that. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. You're not ever going to lose that. You're not. Because Jesus has given it to you. Jesus has sealed that in his resurrection. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Lots of us are. Lots of sorrow in the world. Pain. Struggle. But you know what? God is near to those of a broken heart. Thank God for your problems. Far be it. Greatest problem you can have is don't have any problems. I'm going to tell you, the more problems we have, the bigger God gets. The more we can see the power of the resurrection in our lives. And it says that here in verse 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found into praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom we have not seen, yet in love ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. See, the Christian faith, what a glory we have in the resurrection of our Lord. I pray the Lord will bless us all to, to resonate or ruminate, if you will, these, these messages or these scriptures from God on the resurrection. Because we'll get strength from it. The hope, the uh, strength we need to fight the spiritual warfare that we have to fight. It's the resurrection power of God. May the Lord bless us to see that the resurrection is the foundation of our faith. That it has to be grasped by faith. Trust God's word. Read God's word. That's how our faith is built. 
God gives us the gift of faith. It's the fruit of His Spirit. But we cultivate it and grow it. And, but understand, there's a focus that's changed. Your life is changing in this life. He must increase as we decrease. But it's all because of the resurrection of the Lord. It's, what, it's the glory of God to be revealed in us as we see His face now in a glass darkly, but then face to face. May the Lord bless you. Would you bow with me? Dear most precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the resurrection. We thank you, Lord, for the truth and for writing it so vividly in your word. From the Old Testament to the New, from Genesis to Revelation, you are a living God. You are a resurrected Savior. Dear Lord, thank you. We don't have to know all about theology to understand that. But we do have to have your spirit of grace. We do, Lord, have to have the nurture of your Holy Spirit to make it real in our lives. And we ask you, O oh God, to help us, to give us that foundation. Lord, the difference you make in our life where we see you as the resurrected Savior is just simply mind-boggling. Because we worship you, we live for you, we thank you, Lord, and we're just like Thomas. We can't ever get over those scars. But we know that you're alive. We know that you're our Lord. And we thank you for the privilege to serve you. Forgive us, Lord, of how many times we fail you. But we thank you that we can be renewed every day by your great mercies and grace because of the resurrection. Give us power, O oh Lord, to live for you who died for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.